Today is the eighth day of the Lenten journey. First Baptist Church of Athens offers daily devotions prepared by our members to support you in your pilgrimage to the cross. Ray Austin shares the devotion today, which follows a reading of Matthew 18, verses 15 through 20, from the New Revised Standard Version Updated Edition. Allow for the music played by Addison Acock to relax your mind, calm your heart, and ready your spirit to listen for God. If your brother or sister sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If you are listened to, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If that person refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, It will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Matthew 18, 15 through 20 isn't one of my favorite passages of Scripture. When I first read the text in the New Revised Standard Version, the same as our Pew Bibles, I became uneasy about the church being portrayed as an entity to referee disputes. I haven't ever attended a church that served as something like a jury. I've heard of it happening, but I've never experienced it. The closest that I've ever come to it occurred several years ago when I was serving as chaplain of the week at a local hospital. A nurse approached me, explained there was a problem, and took me to a man who was greatly agitated. He explained that he was there in the hospital to see his daughter, who was having a baby. However, he was prevented from seeing her by the medical staff because she had left clear instructions that she did not want to see him under any circumstances. He, however, continued to insist that he had a right to see his daughter and would not leave. 
The nurses had threatened to call the police and have him removed. He finally agreed to communicate through the nurses his love and best wishes for his daughter and then to leave. But then he launched into a bitter tirade against his former wife, the girl's mother, who he felt was the cause of the daughter's refusal to see him. His tirade included a plan to follow scripture and to get his former wife before his whole church where he would prove that he was right and that she was a very unchristian person. The scripture he planned to use was this text, Matthew 18, verses 15 through 20. I don't know if he followed through with his threat, but if he did, I dreaded what the impact would have been on his church. If folks took sides, it could have split the church. But the church, pictured as a jury to settle disputes, wasn't the only thing in this text that made me uneasy. The words of Jesus in the second half of verse 17 were also disturbing. After the three steps of taking a dispute by oneself to someone and trying to resolve it, then taking witnesses with you, and finally taking the dispute to the church, Jesus says, and I quote, If the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. The Living Bible states it even stronger. If the offending brother will not accept the church's verdict, then the church should excommunicate him. These words just do not sound like Jesus to me. Jesus preached the gospel of God's inclusive love to Gentiles as well as Jews. And tax collectors, well, Matthew, who wrote this gospel, was a tax collector before Jesus called him to be one of his disciples. That doesn't sound like shunning or excommunicating to me. Finally, this passage bothered me because it seems to limit forgiveness. I paraphrase. If the person who has wronged you doesn't repent after you follow these three steps, then mark him or her off and forget about him or her. But in the next few verses, 21 through 22, Jesus instructs Peter to forgive not just seven times, but 70 times seven, an unlimited number of times. And the incident with Peter is followed by Jesus' parable of the unforgiven servant to remind all of us that God has forgiven a huge debt to every one of us because of our sin. And we, in turn, should be forgiving of others. Because of my questions about this passage, I went to a commentary for help. William Barclay's commentary on Matthew 
provided the insight I needed. Barclay pointed out that Jesus could not have made the suggestion to take a dispute to the church because the church did not come into existence until after the resurrection of Jesus. Moreover, the language in step three, taking the dispute to the church, suggests an organized system of church discipline. What probably happened, according to Barclay, was that the admonition to go to a brother or sister with whom one has a dispute and try to resolve that matter were, in fact, the words of Jesus. The addition of witnesses in step two may have been his as well, but the words about taking the matter to the church were probably added at a later time by a church leader when Matthew's gospel was being circulated among the early churches and disputes by that time had arisen. How then are we to read this passage of Scripture? Is there a word for us in this season of Lent? To be sure, we should hear Jesus' admonition to go to someone with whom we have a dispute or a misunderstanding and try to resolve the issue. In this text and the passages which follow, the primary goal of the action suggested is the resolution of a dispute and the healing of the relationship. Forgiveness will no doubt be a major component. And that is the challenging word we need to hear. The man in the hospital who wanted to bring his former wife before the church missed the message in this scripture passage. He planned to use the scripture to embarrass her, which would have resulted in more alienation instead of healing. What would have happened if he had heard in the words of Jesus a directive to resolve disputes without harming others and to heal broken relationships? I can't be sure, of course, but I suspect that his alienated daughter would have welcomed him to the birth of her child. And as a proud grandfather, he would have been amongst the first to hold the newborn baby in his arms. <laughs>